Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred, Court Lalonde, and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk from three different countries. Enjoy the show. Everyone's fans, welcome back for episode 106 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Um, we have a great show uh, planned. We have a lot of topics. We have about 10 topics to go through. Uh, one of them, obviously, the artic- uh, athletic article of the week, where we dive into an article that we all chose to uh, nav- you know, talk about and, uh, and discuss. So, same thing. Talk and discuss is the same thing. Starting off really good. Um <laughs> Uh, we also, I, we do have um, the Patreon uh, listener rewards back. That comes later on at the end of the show. So uh, let's just get started. Today is Memorial Day for us in the, I mean, I'm sorry. Wow, I'm really bad. You were right. Uh, it is Memorial Day in certain areas of the world. Uh, it's our Veterans Day here in the United States. It's oh, re- it's Remembrance Day. It's Remembrance Day in Canada and other areas of the world, so... Uh, I just want to start this this program by um, having a little moment of silence to remember those who have uh, um, you know paid the ultimate price in the past and and those who are serving um, wherever in the world today. So uh, thank you very much. Okay. Um, 
Just, I'd like to start off by asking: Does anybody have service members of the past that have um, have been to war or or have served their countries? Uh, yeah, all my family, like the male side of the family, have served in World War Two and some in World War One. So, yeah, hits home for us. My my grandfather served in World War Two. Nice. Um, but I have family that have served and 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 continue to serve. Uh, we also have friends, um, uh, listeners of the show that I like to shout out that are serving. Uh, my best friend Dale Lind, um, uh, just a courageous effort. I think he's approaching twenty, if not past it already. So, congratulations on that. And uh, listener Dan Brow from Japan. Uh, he's ser- actually he's not from Japan. He's from the United States, but. Uh, serving in Japan, he's been there for a while and and looking forward to coming home. So, uh, thanks for all the support. Um, first of all, uh, from those members that are that are actually out there doing their due diligence for everybody's freedom on this free free planet, but also those uh, that hit home for me. Um, you guys are always in my thoughts and memories. So, thank you for uh, that little moment of silence. And let's get started with some uh, some hockey talk. Um, uh, welcome back to the. I got to introduce the panel. Uh, Rob from the United Kingdom and Court up in Canada. How are we doing this week? Yeah, really good. I uh, got to watch, I think, pretty much all of the game last night, other than about five minutes. So, yeah, I fell asleep at the end. <laughs> I know, it's and, tough for you. And I, I got a rare occurrence a uh, Boston Bruins regular season win. In the lion's den, as I call it, living here in Toronto, um, it was uh, it was a beautiful thing. Um, I, I can't get the smile off my face. I was at a wedding last night where uh, I couldn't get away from Leaf fans if I tried. And uh, before the game, a lot of chirping. Um, during the game, a lot of silence. After the game, extreme amount of silence. Um, one person tried to chirp me with a uh, "We're just a one-line team." I just patted him on the back and told him a cool story. Um, <laughs> felt good. Nice the excuses. The excuses were running, running huge last night from friends. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna happen. No, this, this, this hatred in Bruins and the, um, everybody hates the Bruins. I'm just, I'm just so, so used to it right now. <laughs> Except for our passionate fan base, but mostly everybody else outside the area really don't like them at all. So, hey, some of the fan base likes to hate them too. Oh, I know it's crazy. We'll definitely get involved in that a little later. Um, discussing last week's games, the uh, the Boston Bruins beat the Dallas Stars two to one on Monday in overtime, which was an exciting game. Um, and then they had two days rest, which really concerned me for the Thursday matchup against the Vancouver Canucks. And Vancouver basically blew them out of the water uh, right in front of their home fans, and it was an actually an embarrassing loss in my opinion. Um, but Showed signs of life, uh, a little fight in the third period, well, the latter part of the game, uh, to come back and make the score, get at least five on the board. But Vancouver still put in eight. That's an overall team meltdown. Um, and obviously, like you touched on um, with last night's game court, uh, a, a good recovery. You know, I, I, I always talk bad about losses like that to Vancouver, but... What I like is how they got up, they brushed themselves off, and, and beat a very, very strong uh, road Toronto Maple Leafs team that hasn't lost two, a game. Two losses to Vancouver this year. 
Oh, I'm sorry. No, but no, I'm just, I just, I'm looking at that right now. They've lost to Vancouver twice. I'm oh. like, Jesus. So that's it for this. That's it for the season series, then. Yeah. So snake bitten this year. Yeah, but to beat a Toronto team that has has, you know, zero losses in that column on the road this year, uh, was impressive, uh, and they beat them five to one. So a lot of butt hurt. And we could we could safely say it was a bigger hockey game than the Vancouver game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, 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 there were ups and downs uh, last week. It's going to happen. I think this team is still uh, in the middle of you know where they want to be and where they could be, and I think it's an appropriate time. It's November. We're recording this on uh, November 11th, uh, Veterans Day and Remembrance Day, so... There's still time to work on this. I'm not overly going to freak out yet, like so many people have, and they still have a decent record. They're in the wildcard position, so you're 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 in the playoff sights, even you know so far back in the season. So and played less games than the Leafs. Yeah. Um, Rob, what did you think of the last week's games? Anything uh, special or anything jump out? I think the the game with Vancouver it was. It was one of them where I think they tried to focus on what they'd been doing bad too much. Like they scored the goals they needed to score, but they didn't defend at all, uh, and that's been one of the key things that they've been doing well all season. So, uh, and then the Leafs game. I mean, that was just a total shutdown of all the Leafs' offensive weapons. Uh, at the beginning, it was difficult. Like they had that. Uh, I think it was first fifteen minutes where they were basically didn't do anything i think the shots were 18 to 2 yeah that was the first bad. 15 uh it looked like a game that was just going to be all toronto really but um then they did the they did the things they needed to do i mean they shut down kadri uh he didn't get as many chances after that first period um guys like uh kasperi kapanen they just took away his speed even when he did get through, they just kept heavy on the body and didn't give him anything to do. Uh, especially, did you see the uh, forecheck that he had where... Who was it that he hit in the corner? John... Uh, I forgot. He hit someone in the corner and Carl Walter took exception and gave him a few uh, punches to the face. So yeah, I saw that. But, um, that wasn't what injured him. I right. think that was uh, John Moore that got hit in the corner. Because the other thing about uh, last night's game, I don't know whether this is maybe a topic you want to hit on quickly, is Cassidy did an amazing job of switching up the D pairings constantly. Like, there wasn't a solid D pairing all night. Yeah, he was filtering with uh, those lines a lot. Yeah, and but to be fair, Toronto were doing the same thing. They were sending guys out with different lines and stuff. Huge but, chess, ma- chess match. <laughs> yeah. That is the kind of hockey that I love to see, where it was a total thinking man, thinking man's game. Like the Toronto thought they had the Bruins stuck 15 minutes in without scoring a goal, and uh, as soon as Boston got one, that was it. I think the game was over after that first goal, really. Um, but just changing up then deep pairings like that in a huge game with Toronto is a very ballsy move. Cassidy, not a lot of coaches that do that in a in a big game where you're going to get two points against your division rival. 
So hats off to him for that one. Yeah, it was um, it was a great game to watch. I, I, I had to watch it on my phone. Um, so I, uh, I had to uh, pick and choose what I was watching because people were talking around me everywhere and speeches going off everywhere. Um, Halak, for me, stole the first period. But uh, didn't have to do much from then on. And he made some key saves, but uh, they finally woke up. And uh, the boys played some hockey. Once again, though, it's the first line. It scares me when it's only that line. I know Norris put in one at the end, but that's at the end. Um, I would love to see scoring from other, other parts of this hockey club. But uh, we'll see. I, I thought uh, DeBrusque and Krejci had some good looks. Just once again... Just couldn't put the puck in the ocean. Um, kind of getting a little snake bit in there. Um, you know, Marchand again is passing this year. He's not scoring the goals like he was before, but his passing is becoming uh, a thing of beauty. And uh, Pasta just Crazy. doesn't stop scoring. Like I, I saw a lot of comments from everybody saying it was all goaltending. Well, I, I really thought it was a team win. They, uh, they, they rallied behind their goalie, and uh, they won as a team because – I, I, at one point, Kapanen broke by the, the – I can't remember who it was. He broke by and got a shot off, but it was like a flub. It was it was like uh, that first goal by Bergeron just sucked the life out of the Leafs. Yeah. And then Bruins just pounced. There was, there was one penalty where the power play, I thought the momentum was going to swing the other way, and then right away um, the Bruins got another power play and, and, and popped one in real quick and just sucked the life out of the Leafs. Even when Tavares scored, it, it didn't really seem to even matter. Absolutely. That, uh, that off-balance one-timer from Pasternak as well was just amazing to watch. Because I thought he'd missed at first. Like, I thought he'd fluffed it and just missed. But that was an absolute beauty. Because he wasn't ready for that pass at all, if you watch the play. He, he wasn't expecting that coming straight to him. So, uh, it's kind of crazy that he got that off in time. Yeah, when you talk about, we're going to segue right into talking about the um, the upcoming week schedule. But when when Court was saying we need more scoring, we need it by committee and not by um, the top line. And when you when you think about what I just said, and you look at the schedule for the rest of the month, actually, we desperately need more than one line of scoring. I mean, the Avalanche, you got the Stars. Pittsburgh, Montreal, Toronto, and, and, and the Islanders. These are all teams that are going to either come into your barn or you're going to go into theirs, and it, it's you're going to need it. You're going to need it a lot more than you ever think you will. I mean, this is the time of year when you really have to come together and gel and get things done. I think the you know the first month and a half, like, like last season, was pretty much the same. You know what I mean? It's just trying to figure out where they were where they were in chemistry and so on and playing together, uh, mismatching lines if you needed to. So it's just going to have to come from somewhere else. I mean, you can't rely on those top three for the for the whole season. I know a majority of last year was really heavily favored on that, on the top line production. But, you know, we definitely need it by committee. So um, they got the Las, Las Vegas... Las Vegas Golden's, Golden Knights Golden today, Knights. and um, on a rare home-and-home. Home. I haven't seen that in a long time, but anyway, the Wednesday game is on the road, and that starts a four-game road trip. Uh, 
They're in Colorado at 10 p.m. on Wednesday night, and they are in Dallas the 16th uh, at 8 p.m., in Arizona at 8 p.m. on the 17th, the very next night, and uh, have three days off before they go back uh, somewhere closer to home in Detroit. So should be interesting. Any th- uh, any thoughts on the upcoming week? Uh, I'm scared about the Arizona game because I think that's the game where people will be like, oh, that's where you're going to get two points from. But the way Arizona are playing... Yeah, they yeah. are playing well. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is one of the tougher weeks to get through. And I think if you can start off well, then that that will change. Like That will change the whole week for the Bruins but with how they're playing it's a bit hot and cold at the moment so we'll have to see I'm more on the uh, with the, the recent uh, the, sorry today's news of Brandon Carlo I'm on the um, extremely scared side considering he has been uh, by far even when the other guy that's injured right now Charlie McAvoy was in the lineup Carlo was has been and has been our best defenseman all season um, he was playing a good game last night. He was sticking up for teammates. Um, he he showed us what he could have done in the playoff series against the Leafs. I felt he was very dominant out there. I felt he had uh, good puck control. Um, so he will be missed. We are going to be playing a team like Colorado, who has arguably the other best line in hockey. So uh, that's going to be a, a tough game. Um, we all know how I feel about uh, gimme points. I don't believe there is such thing as a gimme point in the NHL. But uh, hopefully they can uh, they can come 50-50 out of the week. With Vegas being a back-to-back or playing on their back-to-back as well and having to travel and the Bruins not having to travel, hopefully that uh, is, is going to be a plus for them today because I, I do feel um, beating Vegas, I said it earlier today to Mark, uh, beating Vegas today, another team that, had the Boston Bruins number last year in the regular season, just like the Toronto Maple Leafs, could be that spark in the room that brings this team together. Um, it's just one of those things. Like the year they went to the finals and the year they won the cup, Mark Recchi was quoted on saying this, and so was Bergeron, where you just get this feeling in the room and the team becomes one. This team has got a lot of guys going in and out of the lineup. Um, and now you got Bjork up, who I don't think is going to be going back down. You got a lot of guys that are now getting roles on this team. If they can beat Vegas today, they could ride this momentum. It could be a huge confidence builder. It is Malcolm Subban in net, so hopefully they can get some redemption from last year and take it to them. Great. Silence the critics. Today, yep. I think today is the biggest game of the week because it is the back-to-back. Absolutely. And I never understand why teams play an old goalie like an old goalie of the team against the former team because like everyone who plays against a goalie knows the weaknesses, especially if you play on like a regular basis and with how many players were in the AHL either last season or the season before on the Bruins team. Uh, I think Subban's going to have a difficult night. He lit up the Bruins last year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was uh, when he was riding his high from actually being in a new team. I'm wondering if it's going to be the same Subban or whether it's the uh, Subban that left. Absolutely, but remains to be seen with the the upcoming schedule and how the Bruins do. Always, hopefully, hope they do well. Um, 
especially on the road. The uh, the the last road trip up in Canada wasn't wasn't a pleasant pleasant one. So hopefully this this road trip out west uh, will be a little different. And you know, much needed points are on hand. So we'll see what happens. Are you interested in going to any of the Bruins games that we talked about in the upcoming week? Please go to SeatGiant.com in the United States or SeatGiant.ca in Canada and use promo code BNGP on your next purchase to save a little money. These guys have tickets for everything. Boston Bruins, Providence Bruins, East Coast Hockey League Atlanta Gladiators, NCAA hockey tickets if you want to go see a um, a Bruins prospect that's playing collegiate hockey, the Canadian juniors up in Canada, the Quebec League, the Ontario League, the Western Hockey League, anything you want to go see, whether it be a concert, a show, anything, Seat Giant has the tickets for you. Use code BNGP when you purchase tickets next time. And give these guys a follow on Twitter, at Seat Giant. Thank you very much. All right, and now it is time for the uh, athletic article of the week. We chose another one from Joey Mack because it's it really, and I'm I'm not trying to play favorites here at all. Uh, you know, we we are going to get to one to Fluto, but it's I mean news just happens and it just gravitates our attention. So, um, this one is uh, is about Tukarask and and what happened last week after that um, Vancouver game when they lost. Eight to five. So on Friday, Tuca mentioned to the team that he needs some time off, and and that's very respected that he went to management and, and coaching staff and, and and requested that because obviously something is wrong in his life that needs to be addressed. Um, excuse the sirens in the background. Hopefully, my house and studio is not on fire, but um. You know, it, it, it it's unfortunate. Um, it doesn't. We do not know what is going to happen, and we are not going to speculate. But um, he put his request in with the best interest, and this is from Joey's Mac article. Again, this has nothing to do with hockey. No matter what he's dealing with, an employer should do that, and what is right. So, it, you know, basically anybody that goes, anybody that in the common, you know, people that work. This is the same obligations that companies have to you too. So if you request and you need some mental health time or whatever it is, you you know you're most likely going to get it and, and be requested to go and, and take care of yourself because ultimately you're part of a team and you, you do what's best in the interest and, and forget the money in the contract, put that aside. But you're a human being. So, and one thing that I wanted to bring up. You know, aside from this article, was just the absolutely ridiculous people on social media. I still, I cannot get over the stuff that I read. I can't believe that human beings can actually be that hateful. You know what I mean? I, I shouldn't be shocked. I really shouldn't be shocked because there's a bunch of classless Bruins fans out there. And, you know, just to mention, like, death threats. I mean, that is totally unnecessary. I just, I, I, why are you a fan if you hate one player that bad? I just don't understand. You know, you can, you can at me too if you want to explain, because I'll still tell you that you're a, a damn idiot, you know, and, and, and a useless human being. So I just wanted to bring that out because 
There's there's a lot of stuff that's going on, and people use social media as a, as a gateway to to be that keyboard tough guy. You know what? I just think you're a piece of crap. So I I needed to get that off my chest because, and it's not it's not that we are, you know, we're so Tuka lovers and this and that and blah blah blah. And we we we're apologists. You know, we we see what he does on the ice. We understand that he's struggling, but that's that's his game. What he does outside of the game and at a personal level, please. You know, show some class and, and respect that. That's all I got for that. And you, if you guys want to cop, you know, talk about it too. I mean, it's up to you. Well, it's just like I don't get why people are wondering. Oh, um, this guy's having problems. Uh, well, you've been giving him crap for the past two years. So, what are you expecting? Like, if someone comes to you and talks, like with social media now, like. Players can see this. I know. I don't think Tukaresk has his own Twitter account or Facebook account, but um, like players can see this. Like, he does it's not. He, he does. Oh, okay. So you imagine you're you're at home and constantly you got people going, "Oh, you're you the worst human being in the world. You crap. You blah blah blah. We don't want you here. Go die. All this stuff. What do you expect?" to happen to a person if that's all they've got 24-7 is hundreds of people saying stuff like this. Just grow up. Really. Like, I I hope the best for him. I hope it's nothing serious. And uh, I hope he comes back stronger than he was. Really do. Yeah, you can make your uh, your comments on how his play has on the ice, but when it has to do with a personal issue that could be about his family, because um, they've specifically said it is not an injury. It has nothing to do with his game. It is a personal issue. The fact that you go out there and say things like, I don't even want to say it, or I had one person who doesn't even follow me track me down just so they can throw in a stupid comment because they're an immature little baby. It it makes no sense to be. Just be a human. Is it that hard in this day and age to be a human being? I don't know what it is. Let him deal with what he's got to deal with. Let's continue watching the team. Halak played a great game. If he can come back and we can have two good goalies, God forbid. Yeah. Like, people need to understand. There's a there's a great picture that was taken during the game of Rask's face that's that I saw on social media. You could even just see he was not in that game. Something's up. John Shannon from Sportsnet mentioned that this issue has been a week long issue. Yeah. And, and the team has been aware of that, that's what he is hearing. But if so, something's going on, you know. Let, let's give the guy some space. We got to remember these people are human beings, and just stop being such a dick. Yeah, and 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 Don Sweeney and and Bruce Cassidy both in this article mentioned that um, you know there's gonna there's gonna be a lot of speculation, and it doesn't it doesn't matter. We're talking about a person with kids and a wife. If there's something beyond his career that needs to be addressed, then good on him for standing up and asking for a few person days time. You know, so the, I mean, it's it, he's not giving up on the team. He's not doing anything like that. It's about him being a human being and doing what's right, and and to address certain needs that are outside of the game. That just like you said, and just like in that article, that's what the respect comes out of. You know. And, and people saying that he's he, that he's given up and doing this and that and seeing the writing on the wall. Come on, you know you're not you're not in that room with these decisions. So don't speculate what's being said in the room. 
So uh, as an outsider, so. And while, like... while we're doing this, just uh, like it's been announced that it looks like he's going to be back next week. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that tweet that they're going to come. He's going to be back in in Boston on Tuesday, speak and to, then speak to Cassidy and Sweeney before. But it looks Cassidy expects him in the lineup. Right. It's Which... just I don't get why you look at a person, and just because of the name and who they are, you're like, oh no, don't want him, don't want him. Like you'd think that anyone who puts on that Bruins sweater, you want to be the very best person they are. Like exactly, that, that's what I think about. I don't care who comes here. You could put Chris Neal in a Bruins jersey, and I want him to play his best. I wouldn't say oh, I don't want him yet. Zach Ronaldo, when he got traded to the Bruins, I said I want him to be the best player he can be, because me saying I don't want him here, he's useless, he's disgusting, blah blah, blah doesn't help. The fact that the guy is here, there's nothing we can do about a player being in town. Like, you just want them to play the best they can possibly play because you love the team, not because you find you have the right to hate one person or this person. Just stupidity. Absolute stupidity. That's it. Yeah. And uh, we'll we'll leave it on that note. And, and it is. And. And that's perfectly said, Rob, is this stupidity and, and, you know, class it up with people, really. If you enjoyed this week's Athletic.com article of the week on our Black and Gold Hockey podcast, head over to theathletic.com slash blackandgoldpod and sign up today. You could save up to 40% off a yearly subscription and get unparalleled Boston Brewers coverage from local writers such as Joe McDonald and Fluto Shinzawa. You also get access to many other popular professional sports by signing up at theathletic.com slash blackandgoldpod. What is The Athletic, you ask? The Athletic.com website is a subscription-based publisher of smarter sports coverage for diehard fans. The model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, and no autoplay videos that can be very annoying. Instead, readers subscribe for authentic, in-depth coverage written by journalists who know their team inside and out. Please go to theathletic.com slash blackandgoldpod today and be a part of the future of sports journalism. So, moving on from that, which is good, it's good news to hear that Tuca's coming back uh, and will be involved next week. So, but stepping aside from that, um, we got to talk about other things that are going on with this Bruins team. And, and, and one is David Pasternak and uh, the unbelievable effort that he's not only put in last season, but again this season. And, and, really, and really becoming an elite player. And I, I really wanted to talk about that. And thanks to court for the suggestions this week on, uh, on our uh, topic agenda. Um, this kid's just, this, he blows my mind and uh, black and gold hockey.com writer, Chris Nosek um, sent out a tweet uh, in a, um, in a poll to say, which young player would you rather have and obviously my bias was very strong on David Pasternak but there was also players like Austin Matthews and 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 I, I I'm not sure who the other ones were I should have wrote it down but I just see something in this kid and it's good to see him develop to this point um, you know we all remember after when he was when he was drafted and left the podium uh, came right into the NHL, a skinny little runt, in my opinion. Not, I'm not, you know, degrading him or anything by saying that, but obviously needed to build muscle and 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 frame. And I think he did that. 
I think he really did that. And now he's getting more aggressive along the boards and the corners, and especially, especially towards the net. And that is a great example of what you saw. And I think, Rob, you had touched on this, uh, the pass that he got, uh, like, being manhandled as he gets to the to the net and falls down right in the crease but gets the goal. I think uh, I think plays like that are just making him that much more better and putting him into that elite status because he can play uh, the East, West, North, South game effectively. Yeah, it's just his lateral movements are insane. I think they touched on it on commentary yesterday. Um, they, he moves so quickly side to side. Um, and he's just changing the way the game is played. Did we lose him? Sorry. Um, yeah. He's just like... A, he's totally changing the Bruin style again. And I think if he wasn't drafted, they'd probably still be going for the hard and heavy type thing. And they saw what they had in David Pasternak and decided to kind of uh, build the team around him a lot more than they were doing before. So uh, I'd... I'd totally think he's one of the best how old is he now 21 22 22 he's probably the best 22 year old player in the nhl right now uh and i think there's only a few players that you can possibly put above him uh and i think that's probably guys like patrick line uh conor mcdavid they're probably the only guys you could really put above what he's like the points he's produced and he's leading the NHL in goal scored as well. So I know that's crazy. He's on pace for sixty six goals this season. Oh. Just I threw, I throw McKinnon in there. Well, yeah. Uh but the thing that all those guys have in common is they're all first, second, third overall picks. All the guys that you would put around David Pasternak are all top three picks. And the guy was pick what, twenty third? 25th. 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 Wow. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. And apparently he was scheduled to go like lower when they picked him, from what I can remember. Uh, so I, I think the main thing about David Pasternak is he always has fun. You never see him with a serious look on his face. You never. You just see him go out there and have fun. He loves to play hockey. I don't think he does it as a business thing. I don't think he does it as a way to make huge amounts of money. I think he does it because he truly loves the sport. I, I think, that, that, you know, he's got 14 goals in, what, 16 games? That's that's not too bad. He's uh, he's on pace to be, what, set, someone put it out there, 77 goals. Um, could possibly be the first 50 goals, 50-game score. I'm, I'm throwing this all out there, but he's just... He is playing so well, and I think the best part of his game is he's not a one-dimensional hockey player. I think that can't be said enough um, for that elite status. Right now, say they had the All-Star game, you have the top line, and you have Halak. That's four players for the Bruins that would make the All-Star team. <laughs> That's crazy thought in, uh, you know what I mean? in, in mid-November. <laughs> yeah, he's plus five. The leader of the Bruins right now, believe it or not, is John Moore, who I think is one of the, the quiet... Um, players on this team that has played very well that people don't give a lot of credit to but pastor's got he's he's plus five and it's not just because he's playing with bergeron and marchand he does play both ends of the ice that was the biggest thing 
if you remember, I believe it was uh, two summers ago when he stayed back in Boston, and there was pictures of him on rollerblades and tennis courts. He was building his strength. He was he was working on his game. He wanted to be more like his line mates. You know, uh, Marchand learned from Bergeron, and now Pasta's learned from Bergeron and Marchand. And I can't think of two better teachers to teach Pasternak how to be an elite hockey player. And I know we're going to touch on one of the, the, the all three players on that line are elite, all three. And one of them right now, you know, could be a heart. And another one, he could be up there too if he continues to be quiet as he's been. Uh, before we move on to the, that, that where you segue in uh, court, I wanted to ask you both, when we go, just jumping back on the Pasternak, if he is moved down to the second line if and, and on a more permanent role, do you think that the expectations for 77 or 66 uh, will, will still be likely? Or is that is that because he's he's supported by such two great line mates, as in Martian and Bergeron, that that expectation is a little more lifelike? I think he'll obviously struggle if he goes down to that second line. Um, depending on who stays there, but um, like I, th- I think he'd do well. I think he'd do as good as a lot of players are doing around the league if they're a second line player. But I, I, I've talked about wanting him to move down, but I, right now you you can't you can't move him down. He's hot, the heart and soul of the team at the moment. Him, Bergeron, Martian. So you got to keep them together. I am flip flopping all over the place this uh, season. Everyone's <laughs> changing my mind. I, I I don't think his production would change um, because um, Pasta gets a lot of his points on the power play. Um, he pretty much is the reason the Boston Bruins have one of the best power plays in the league right now. That's a valid it. point, Court. Um, but I don't want to take away from uh, Brad Marchand's pass. I don't know what it is this year. Brad Marchand has. The, the silky mitts this year of his passing. He's not potting in the goals like he did last year because past is doing it. His passing is second to none. His pass last night across the crease through traffic to Pasta was disgusting. Mm. It was the sole reason. Pa- All Pasta had to do was put a stick on the ice because Ron Hainsey, that's, that's, let's be real here, is not an NHL defenseman anymore. He's, but he's one of the best elites have. Um, you know, way to sign Tavares, guys. Way to fill the hole you needed. Um, <laughs> It's just, he, I think he would still get that because last night, um, I love Jake DeBrus. We all know it. Krejci gave DeBrus some some pretty uh, some gifts that you just couldn't be put in the back of the net. Um, and, and quietly, Krejci drove to the net last night, made a great play, um, and everybody still dogs on him. He, he sacrificed so, the body, went straight yeah, to the net. Took I a freaking he, shoulder to the post. Yeah, and when he was playing in the World Champions with Pasta, they had fantastic chemistry. So... Production-wise, I don't see it declining. I agree with Rob right now. You know, we just beat the Leafs, so they're probably going to be on a high. And Cassie said it before; he doesn't want to be reactionary. Um, I still, in my heart of hearts, thinks we need two top lines, not one top line. Absolutely, and you just can't find, you know, scoring, passion, heart, and the will to win. Um, anywhere else uh, on the second, third, or fourth line, like like Patrice Bergeron has shown in the past three seasons, um, or or his career for that matter. Um, but like you said, I mean, he's a heart candidate right now. I know it's early, but 
he's just really putting it out there that he he's taking this to a, a whole new level and, and and it just surprises me with his how he's doing it as he's getting older. I mean, this could definitely be um a career year for him. It was a career year last season. I just and the the word warrior just comes you know right in my head every time I talk to him about him. And my concern earlier about him taking a step back because of injuries and not starting the the season the last couple seasons off, you know, because of off season surgeries and everything like that. I'm I I take everything back. I can't believe I I mentioned that after continuing to to watch him produce the way he is. It's just amazing. And I mean, next day Hall of Famer in my book, and that and that jersey, you know, once he says. I retire. Somebody better be there to raise that jersey straight up to the rafters because he definitely deserves it. Yeah, if if they don't put him straight into the uh, like his number needs to be retired with the Bruins, like straight away. If someone comes in with thirty seven as soon as he retires, that player is going to get booed out of Boston, <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, it, they're just. Those three, you can't, like, uh, like I said about, um, even if they do split up, you'd have them on the power play uh, a couple of episodes ago. Um, that is the main thing. Like, that power play just clicks. Third in the league. Just, like, the understanding. Once you got Krug back, the understanding between those players. I still think it misses that... Um, you know what we had with Ryan Spooner where you had that guy on the half wall, but and people are going to hate me for saying half wall, but I don't care. Yeah, uh, Spooner, like that was almost that's pretty gross. I was going <laughs> to say Adam played. Well, yeah, but uh, Marshan recently has become that guy on the uh, right hand side who just amazes with. He's got so much patience with the puck. Uh, displayed that last night when he got that pass. And he waited for the just the right time when everyone moved to get that through to Pasternak. Um, it's just unreal. But like Court said in the past as well, it, it, you're going to struggle once people figure that out. Like if they can figure it out, because it is a one-weapon kind of a power play. Because Bergeron's not playing that bumper position as much as he used to. He's more free roaming. So. Everyone's yeah, they look, looking for pasta at the back door. Yeah, everyone. I was gonna say they look they look like they're going for pasta every time. Yeah, that's the that's the only issue I have with that five man group on the power play. Um, moving on to the next topic, <laughs> and this is one um, I'm. Hello. Hello. Hey. Moving on to the next top. <laughs> moving on to the next topic. This one I'm going to give I'm going to give you court because uh, is it too late for David Backus? I think it is. And, I, I really do. I'm I'm looking at the stats. I'm looking at everything that's going on with his career. Um, I'm also looking at the head injury factors. I think um, and, and no, from once again I'll talk about it. Suffering a concussion myself. I've had him in my lifetime, but this one's really hitting me. As you get older, it takes a long more time to heal from it. He's looked like he lost a step. He said it himself over the summer that he was coming into training camp stronger and, and he's going to be faster out there, and he looked good. And then he took that hit, 
and he just doesn't look like the same guy. And for me, I think the biggest um, calling card on this whole thing was Cassie gave him a chance to be the third line center. And now he's the fourth line winger. Mm. And to me, I could see, I, I, I put out a tweet the other day because um, I'm tired of hearing the trade the guy, all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry. There's no one lining up for a $6 million guy that's a character guy in the dressing room. Yeah. Um, Valuing contract. Happening. Yeah, it, it's just not happening. People were like, oh, so-and-so pulled this off. So, yeah, why would Boston want to take back? They might as well just wait and, and, and bite the bullet and do the buyout at the end of the year. Yeah. it's It sucks, but it is what it is. It's better than taking on more salary. Um, can, they, can they buy out at the end of the year, though? Because isn't there a two-buyout the limit? No, am I getting this wrong? I'm, uh, I'm not sure about that. I'm gonna see if I, I believe Rob's right. You can only have two at the same time. Let me just see. I'll go and on. I'm just on thinking. Me. Didn't Jimmy Hayes get bought out? And oh, I'm thinking this totally wrong. I was thinking that um, there's two players still on the bio. Seidenberg, Seidenberg, and Hayes are still on. And does one of them end? At the end of this season, because if so, then Jimmy there is Hayes. A possibility. Jimmy Hayes does. It's eight hundred sixty-six thousand. Yeah, so oh, okay. So this I, I this year, Bolesky got bought out, but he got traded. Right. This year, this year, there's two million dollars, a little over two million dollars in buyout that goes against the cap, and then next year it's one point one, which is Steinberg. Right. Which is disgusting. <laughs> so Bacchus say they. Uh, Bio current contract. I love this. Love. She's oh, it's such a great tool. Oh, it's so happy. fun. I'm 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 an old man and I'm starting to learn it. This is this is my Red Dead. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Wow. So his his base salary would be a million and then three million. Uh, and his actual cost of what they're paying. So the savings is it, his savings next year would be only the savings next year would be two point three million dollars. So his cap hit would only be three point six million instead of the six right. they bought him out, and then the following seasons it would only be it would be negligible. So, to me, I smell it like it's nobody's business. They'll give him Cassidy's not going to be disrespectful. He's going to continue playing him. I, I I disagree with everybody saying he might as well not be in the lineup because he doesn't have points, but he's better than most fourth liners in this. He's probably one of the best fourth liners in the NHL right now. Question is though. Does he retire instead of getting bought out? No one in the NHLPA would ever allow that. Why yeah, no, would you want to convince no, I'm thinking, to sacrifice salary? No, but I'm thinking maybe he chooses to retire because of concussions. He, but he wouldn't until his contract's over. He could mm. sit out, a la uh, many players, oh. Chris Prongers and such. Yeah, but he's not gonna. Or Mark Savard is a perfect example. But um, don't you have to, if you are bought out on a contract, don't you have to then go and play for play professional hockey to receive that salary? Or can you choose to just sit at home and receive the salary? Oh, no. Ilya Brzezgalov's not doing anything, and he's receiving it. Oh, he works for NHL, though, doesn't he? Yeah, but he's also getting well, that, paid. Yeah, he's also Chris getting Pronger. paid from the Philadelphia Flyers. Chris Pronger yeah, was true. working for the NHL head office and getting paid by Phoenix. Yeah, yeah how, how messed up is that? <laughs> Isn't I that... was just checking whether it was like a fact that you had to be a professional hockey player to receive it or whether no. it was... Okay. 
No, um, and I respect the living daylight to this guy um, for what he's yeah. done with the game and how he plays the game. <clears throat> I love the way he plays the game. I just – he said it himself at the beginning of the year. He thought he was being brought on to be the third-line center. Cassidy, well, maybe tried him, Cassidy tried him two games this year. He didn't yeah. look good. Only when maybe desperate. Not. Desperate situations he's been used at the center position. Yeah, and it hasn't, it hasn't, hasn't looked great. He looks better in the corners. Maybe that position favors him, though, and they just keep him on that fourth line wing. Because I, I still would like, I would put money on him being bought out. Yeah. Just the buyout's going to be like what? How how long's he got left on his deal? Two years. The buyout's what, like six? Ugh. Yeah, I mean, he's yeah, uh, yeah. Like I told you, like okay, so for two thousand nineteen, two thousand twenty, his cap hit yeah. would be five point six. For 2021, it would be 3.6. And then from there on out, it would be 666000 for the next following two years. Oh, that's not too bad then. No, it, it really isn't, to be totally honest. So yeah. um, that's why I, I'm looking at it. It wouldn't have made sense this year, and, and Sweeney couldn't. But, you know, to the trade the guy people, please stop. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't can't. think anyone's taking him off. Just think with reality. Think with logic here before. I don't want to sound like a dick, but it's just. Sometimes, people. Uh, moving on to another topic that I really want. We're going to skip one because we're running out of time a little bit. But uh, do the Bruins lack toughness? Do, you, do Are we not seeing, um, you know, players finishing their checks, uh, players sticking up for other players like they have in the past? I mean, is this just... Is this just, it's not the big bad Bruins anymore and we're transitioning into a, a more offensive type of game that the NHL is doing? Um, what do we need? Because, I mean, this, this, it, this is very interesting when you talk to people on social media is um, we need players like this and that, blah, 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 that stick up for their players and if, their teammates and this and blah, blah, blah. And if that hit would have happened while Sean Thornton was on the ice, uh, you know, he would have gotten his bell wrong. Well, yeah, and when people say that, I was like, well, Sean Thornton wasn't on the ice, but he was in the lineup when Max Savard got hit, and nobody went after that guy. Nobody went after Matt Cook. You know what I mean? So it, it, stop bringing that whole the, the whole tough guy, tough guy thing. But, you know, this this question is more or less like, is this soft? I mean, are we playing so much more offensive style that we're losing a little bit of the aggression uh, when you need it, when you need to make a big hit, you know sometimes a big hit can make a big play. You, you know what I mean? You just don't have to go out there and just you know drop the gloves all the time. I don't think so because I mean Wagner absolutely pasted someone into the stanchion yesterday. Um, uh, Twenty-five defer- minutes on the season so far, Wagner. Yeah. By the way, and I think he's going to be one of the league leaders in that at the end of the season um, if he maintains like that fourth line position. But it's just, like, the third line were forechecking really well last night. I think Bjork had about probably around two hits. Um, JFK had quite a few hits in the corner. Not massive hits, but he got the puck away from the guy. Um, I I just don't... Like, the bottom six is still exactly what it is. It's just not taped-up knuckles underneath the gloves kind of hockey. That's... That's the only difference in what this team is. No one's just going, oh, you just sneezed on my player, I'm going to knock your head off. Like, 
it's not that anymore. There's been fights this season. Tory Crew fought, what, two games ago? Boston Bruins um, lead the league in fights. Yeah, uh, yeah it was six right, fighting I'm, majors, right? I'm, dro- I'm going to be dropping stats on this bad boy. <laughs> and and then you've got... That's Brandon my boy. Carlo. you got Brandon Carlo, who's been willing to drop the gloves with everyone this season, and no one's decided to. Um, who else has fought? Marshan's fought. Um, like... I think every player on this team is willing to drop the gloves if it comes to it. The the toughest fist in the league is is Kevin Miller, one of. Well, and yeah. People are afraid to fight him because he will punch you and you won't get up. <laughs> I'm waiting for the time that we play the New York Rangers and Adam McQuaid and oh, he's Kevin not Miller yeah. across from each other. If he's even healthy to play, yeah, honestly. He's only played well, eight yeah. games this year. I know, but they'd probably put him on the ice just for that. I mean, that's going to sell tickets. Like, oh, sure. If UFC and everyone else can sell tickets for what that is, I would pay to see Kevin Miller and Adam McQuaid scrap at center ice. But it's a one punch. <laughs> he would hit McQuaid and end his career. Be over. I'm sorry. I, I People love McQuaid and all. Kevin Miller would destroy him. Just yeah, but... absolutely destroy him. Like, it would be disgusting. It'd be like think, Rocky. What was it? Rocky three, when Apollo <laughs> three gets he gets killed by uh, was it Rocky three or four? That's what it would be like. It'd just be a beating. <laughs> but, Mark's in the mood now. <laughs> Here, I'm just gonna the Boston Bruins right now, if only out of sixteen games, been out hit by their opponent five times, lost two of those games. That's it. Um, they've had. Less penalties than the other team, only five times. So the Boston Bruins are in the box a lot. Here is, toughness is not the Boston Bruins' problem. The Boston Bruins, out of 16 games, have only had more takeaways than the other team three times and only had less giveaways than the other team three times and have been outshot by their opponents 10 out of 16 games. Toughness is not their problem. They're out hitting teams. They're out-muscling teams. They're pushing. They're getting on the puck harder. They're not shooting, and they're giving away the puck. So what's that doing? It's giving offensive chances to the other team. They're going to lose the hockey game. Yeah, they're, they're, not... Also, they're not winning the draws as much as they used to. So they're giving that first chance to the other team. When they lose that face-off, that's key, especially if it's an offensive face, uh, offensive zone face-off. It's key. Yeah, they got to capitalize. Giving the puck. They're giving away the puck a lot. And Bergeron's been in the top three for face-off winning for the past God knows how long, and he's not in there at the moment. No, and when he plays the Leafs, he doesn't. He's not allowed to take a face-off because they boot him out every two seconds. And speaking that of Bergeron, was, Bergeron and shit. face-offs, Bergeron and face-offs. I'm getting sick of him getting booted out all the time. It's getting ridiculous. Like I like I well, said, like I said to Joey Mack when he when he sent out a tweet. I said, I, I really can't wait till gambling comes into sports full-time on the mobile phones because I'm going to bet that he's going to get tossed 10% time. of the time, and I'm probably going to support this podcast for the next 10 years on oh, my winnings. Just shoot me some money, man. We can do that here in Canada. <laughs> nice. It's but just... I, I'm just saying, people throwing out this toughness thing. I've been arguing with people for weeks on this, and then someone's like, oh, it's the type of hits. Well, what is it then? Is it the how many hits or is it the type of hits? Because no, cause oh. everyone wants that open ice, like blue line, absolute death blow. But the NHL wants that out of the game. And exactly. I and you're just going to get suspended if you do it. They're going to find a reason to suspend you just to stop people doing it. 
Well, like we've we've seen it all season. You can hit to your blue in the face, but if your first instinct is to give the other team the puck, you're not going to win the hockey game. No. And that's yeah. what's happening right now. Absolutely. Um, and, and it's funny. And, I, yes, out of those three games where they had more, they had less giveaways, they won all three. <laughs> Love it. Um, how about JFK's second NHL game? Uh, I know, Court, that you were t- trying to pay attention at the wedding on your mobile I phone. But um, I thought I thought he played well. I thought he engaged well. Um, he was into it. I know he only played 11 minutes. I, I know it was a comfort zone thing probably with Cassidy that, you know, you don't want to put him out there too much. Uh, but what he's doing here is amazing to me. I thought that he – and I talked to Brandon Shea in front of the show – about this on a tweet and Brandon kind of put me into another perspective of thinking uh, it might not be that he's the best player down in Providence and the choice for a call up because of how he's playing down there but they really want to see how he does with that bump up to the uh the NHL level and how he plays and I thought he did good so I mean for me as a Providence Bruins watcher all the time and and pretty much you know get really involved in that, Trent Frederick would have been my choice. Stronger on pucks, willing to stick up for players, bigger body, tougher, more aggressive. Um, you know, and JFK is that more speed, skill, agility type of player. Um, but is he up here to to congratulate on, you know, a somewhat kind of disappointing entry-level deal? In my opinion, or is he in fact being shopped in a in a possible trade? I mean, is is he getting exposure, game exposure that scouts want to see? I'm curious what your thoughts are. I I honestly think it's the testing the depth chart and seeing what it actually is, because you can you can say, oh, this guy in the NCAA is fifth in our center depth chart, but until you see him actually take a a shift in the NHL, how how do you know? Right. So, I, I honestly think the call-ups are going to be done on certain areas, uh, especially with the centre depth being how it is. I think that's the main area that they'll focus on. And I think they're honestly just seeing where guys are at. And, like, is this guy really that far down the like centre chart that we need to shop him, get rid of him? Is he going to get re-signed? Is he going to stay in Providence? Like, what? But I, I honestly think he did a really good job last night. Uh, when a player's not talked about too much on the ice, it usually means they're doing quite a lot of stuff good. Uh, and he did his job. He forechecked. He battled hard for pucks. Um, that line just had so much speed, it was unreal. Um, and I think Bjork kind of takes the spotlight away from a lot of players on that line because of uh, how he plays, and he likes to have the puck a lot and wait for other guys to uh, get themselves open. But he looked like a fourth, third-line centre to me. So, I don't know. I'd be curious to see how he does in a second straight game. I'm assuming he's going to be in the lineup today. So he is, um, They've announced the lineup today already. Achari is, uh, once again, a healthy scratch, and uh, JFK is staying in the lineup with Halak as the starter. Good. 
And um, to and Jeremy Lozon playing instead of Brendan Carlo. Oh, that's definite now. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Court, for that update. Live. Live. Dropping. Dropping knowledge. Um, oh. Or repeating. Can we? Uh, can we quickly just talk about? You know, I was saying that you're gonna get. Uh, basically, you're gonna get a penalty or anything if you uh, throw an open ice check. Can anyone remember Camphers' check from last night where he got put in the box? Well, no, that was disgustingly interference. Yeah. That, it, it was like... Rob, he, he had, tried to can open him. <laughs> it looked like he had the puck like one second, and then as soon as he got rid of no. it... I'm it looked also like Camphers tried to take a poo on his bed, foot. But <laughs> it was yeah. like... I was it watching. wasn't too bad. That wasn't I, like, oh, I'm going to try and injure you. But. When I... When it first happened, I literally at the table was like, oh, bullshit call. And then <laughs> replay, and I was like, oh, my God, am I blind. Whoa. What was to be fair, he did, he did stick out his ass, like, right into it. He, he took a poo yeah. on him. Right? Yeah. He tried. But, but still, like, there's often times where that won't be called. Like, and that was a bit of a... No, not if the ref close. That was blatant. After, Like I said, watching that replay, I'm like, yeesh. <laughs> maybe with one referee, maybe with one referee, it won't get called. But with two, it's kind of hard. <laughs> you were yeah. on a trade camper. You shouldn't be doing things like this. You were literally—they did not want you. You were a throw-in. I am so surprised that he hasn't gone down to uh, Providence and they called someone else up because they had I, injuries. Yeah, I thought they were going to call up uh, Cody Goldbluth. That's no, who I point. thought. Cody, yeah, I don't I, even know who you are, Bluth. Actually, he was an alright defenseman for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yeah, uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. He played quite a quite a lot as their depth defenseman. He's uh, playing. He's playing good down in Providence. Good, good leader, yeah. leader role. And he's a shutdown guy. Mark, your tweets make me think Providence is terrible right now. And they're not doing very good at all. Yeah. <laughs> they haven't. He's playing pretty good down in Providence. Like, doesn't give me any confidence. Well, a player, an individual, I can I can say as a team. Well, ah. Yeah. <laughs> what happened there? There was nothing for that. It was uncalled for. I know, but but the uh, this is the way the trend is with the Providence Bruins. Is like they don't really wake up until December, and then they truck the AHL uh, yeah. until April when they when when pl- playoffs come around. So I'm riding the trend, and then I'm waiting to see if it's actually going to kick in, which I believe they will. I think they're all going to get. Going back to saying anybody's on um, being shocked. You know the savior from last end of last season. I think Donato is the the one they're shopping. Sure, trying to get trying to use him as a big piece to get a uh, a piece. I really do. I, I think JFK, if he continues to play well, then Cassidy will be like, all right, well, we don't have a problem anymore. But I don't think Sweeney's going to be afraid to make the deal if he needs to. But I still think there needs to be more separation. Someone mentioned a great name to me during the week. Tyler Toffoli out of uh, and Rob. Oh I think my gonna god! Be, look at Rob; he's gonna be dancing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tyler Toffoli out of L.A. LA Tfo. They're playing terrible. He wouldn't cost an arm and a leg. You don't have to give up huge pieces to get him. And he's and he good. Could be that guy on that second line. And he might he like might flourish in a different area. Early. Like, and he'd be that toughness ugh. everybody thinks they need. But I actually think he's a better skater than. Yeah, he's more skilled than tough. Yeah. Exactly. Oh yeah. I I I. I, I skater. He would go with that. Of skill. He, could, he could get space for um, uh, DeBrus, and, and he would be that guy, that big guy with speed that Krejci could play with. 
I was fortunate to watch him develop in Manchester, New Hampshire, and he is something special. I would love to see him in a Bruins uniform. He's one of my favorite, uh, yeah, my favorite non-Bruin players around the league. Tyler Toffoli. <laughs> I love Jesus. it. I love. I knew you get all. I knew Ron would get so excited <laughs> about that name. I think he's the perfect name. No T- one's saying it. I'm like, Ellie, you look at the teams that are not playing well and go after them. Stop yeah. throwing out. Like someone said to me, what about Nylander? Come on, it's a division rival. Yes, they're shopping the guy, but why the hell do you want a guy who's wanting eight million dollars from another team? It yeah. just come on. Plus the and GM. Like, plus the GM's <laughs> like, why would I do that? We're winning. <laughs> Tyler Toffoli's contract's not that bad from what not I remember. At all. Either. Nope. Nope. I think he's four million. Yep. Just four yeah. and a half. Oh. Yeah. Jeez. Look at Rob. Rob's getting all excited. Guy's got a <laughs> cannon of a snapshot. Yeah. And LA's a. A garbage truck on fire. Not as bad as Plus, Ottawa. But they bad. got Colville Chuck, so that's their oh, they'd want Tyler Toffoli replacement. So, hundred percent, they need to dump salary. One, yeah. one more quick one. Four point six, Rob, and he's a UFA in two years. Oh, don't. One more quick one before we go. Both left wing and right wing. That's all I'm gonna say. One more quick one before we go. Who's the bigger um, rival right now? Is it the Habs uh, on tradition? Or is it the, the Maple Leafs uh, within the past couple of years and the intensity that those playoff battles have been have been done in, in regular season games? Leafs, because we're actually going to see them in the playoffs. I'm, I'm going with Leafs because of the tension I feel here in Toronto. I, have, I don't think I've seen Leaf fans hate a team more since the Ottawa Senators in a long time. The Leafs don't really have. They used to have the Red Wings. They don't have the the rival that everybody says, Ottawa, because they're in Ontario. But the Habs games, I don't feel the... Like, they beat us this year, and people didn't complain and want to cry as much as they used to. We beat the Leafs last night, and social media was extremely happy. Yeah, I agree. You know, think about it. There's two... The, 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 the two biggest, most fun-to-watch playoff series in the last couple of years has been the two playoff series against the Leafs, the two Game 7s. It's one people talk about the most. Yeah, and are that team, and they're good, and the Boston Bruins are good too, and the Montreal and they Canadiens. They create so much. rivalry with everything that they do. Like, look at the John Tavares contract. Yep. Like everyone was saying, "Oh my God, I hope the Leafs don't get him. I hope we get him." <laughs> like, if he was going to the Habs, people would be like, "Oh, keep him. We don't want him now. He's marked for death." Yes. Like that's the kind of thing. It's history yeah. is definitely the Habs. Yeah, but. In modern day hockey, it's got to be the Leafs in the last I, ten years. I have to agree, and and just because of the games that I've seen, like last night, oh, pleasantly felt like a playoff pleasant, game. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. I mean, I I like the whole tradition thing, but I also like the intensity that two teams have for each other, and these guys really seem to to step it up when they play each other, and I really enjoy that. So, like, who who out of, if there was two teams that came into Boston Garden right now. Who would have a player getting booed? Like, they used to boo Subban, but I don't know. I still would love him on the team. But when Kadri touches that puck, pretty sure the fan base in Boston can't stand this guy. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Before we end the show, we do have to mention our uh, Patreon listener rewards winner for this week, and that is Anthony Nose. Anthony sounds like a a, a very Irish name, in my opinion, and he wins a... uh, an awesome Boston Bruins St. Paddy's Day green T-shirt. So 
Congratulations, Anthony, and thank you for being a longtime listener and and Patreon member for a duration of uh, how long we've had the Patreon account. So we appreciate it and get that right out to you as soon as possible. Uh, and if you want to get involved in the the uh, our Patreon listener rewards program, please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Donate a buck, get involved. You might be able to win a T-shirt in future episodes. Um, also, I keep forgetting about this because I'm getting older and my brain's just going all kinds of different places lately. But uh, we really need you guys to do us a favor and go, please, just take a second and go to Apple iTunes or Apple Podcasts and give us a rating. Uh, five stars would be awesome. And uh, and mention the, the show. We really would appreciate it. And that helps us uh, get a higher rank and more exposure. So uh, the, if you guys could do that, that would be unbelievably awesome. Um, and uh, and that, if you want to talk smack about Rob on there, too, we're okay with that. Yes, that is uh, at rob 40 Bruins. Yeah, I'm always there. <laughs> Don't worry. I can take it. But, no, it's good to have you back, Rob. I'm glad everything is okay. Uh, I'm glad yeah, you're feeling yeah. better. And, uh, you know, we've got to thank our listeners once again for, for paying attention. The numbers are, are getting good. Even though I, I see things going down, I'm not paying attention to the backlog of, of numbers that people are trying to uh, now catching up. So we're, we're getting more and more listener um, listener traffic. So we got to thank you all for that. And uh, that will do it for the week. I I will try to do a prospect uh, update uh, in the second hour. Uh, I'll do, try to do that later on today and get some information for you. If I don't, I apologize. But regardless, you all have a great week. Uh, the, the Bruins week starts with Vegas today and Colorado and Dallas and and end the week with uh, the Arizona Coyotes on the road in, in, on Saturday night. So should be a good week of hockey. A lot of late nights, but it's all and worth hopefully it. Hopefully the Bruins go out and get Tifo. There you go. Look at that. Rob's never going to let it go now. You right? all cheered me up now. Yeah, yeah see, you're even, dropping the, you're even dropping the nickname I gave him back in Manchester. Tifo! <laughs> 26 years old. He's just perfect. Absolutely. Oh, stop no one's getting talking me about going. <laughs> he looks like a Bruin, damn it. He looks like a Bruin. Oh, yeah. And he's not Matt Bolesky. Like, he's not going to be Matt Bolesky. He can play and shoot and can skate. Oh, yeah. We all know we all know what he can do because he scored right off of the faceoff with like one second to go in the game when the LA Kings played the Boston Bruins last season. Just and if you imagine look at the that. Kings, they need to dump salary. They're none of their big ticket guys are UFA next year. None of them. I would trade Donato like <laughs> straight up. I I said that last year when I didn't even want to play in the playoffs. If you want a one for one with a guy who's on oh, nine point two five k. It would cost more than just one, but oh yeah, but Donato, a defensive prospect and a draft pick, could make this deal work. Yeah, I think that is a fantastic topic for next week. Yeah, nice there segue, nice segue out of here because this fat guy gets something, some food in his stomach. <laughs> All right, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277, at Court Lalonde, and at Rob40Bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.